Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's Promo here. December 17th already. Man. And uh, podcast number 26. And this is There Is A Way Out. I kind of wanted to just finish up uh, my story. I didn't mean to leave some people hanging. There's not a whole lot more to tell. And you're probably thinking, oh, good. (laughs) But, um. When I got the job uh, to Minot, North Dakota from Fargo, um, I took my cat, my cranky cat, Felon, F-E-L-O-N. The reason why I called her that was because when I was living in Fargo, I had heard from one of the guys on the show that there was a cat that was in a deserted apartment um, unit that was about ready to be taken to the pound. Why? Because the cat's owner had robbed a bank. It's probably a good reason why. So the cat was living there, and the cat didn't have many, too many more days left until they had to um, bring some new people in, and they were going to take the cat to the pound. I went and met the cat. How do you meet a cat, you know? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, yeah, this is my lousy hair. Hey, good. my name is Bromo, yeah. So I obviously knew I was going to take the cat regardless, but I picked up the cat, and the cat's been with me ever since. So Felon and I got into a U-Haul, and grabbed what little stuff I have and drove from Fargo to Minot, North Dakota, blindly. A blind drive, because I had never been to Minot. And I think it's about 300-something miles. It took about five and a half hours, six hours. And uh, I get into Minot, and of course the first thing I'm thinking is, where is the cigar shop? (laughs) Uh, I get that dialed down, and where's the stores? I was staying in a hotel for three days. The hotel let me have a cat, which is cool. And I knew where my place of employment was going to be, the iHeartRadio building station right down the street. But I also wanted to find out where the the AA places were and what time all the AA meetings were and things like that. And uh, um, the cool thing is I found out about the 700 Club is what it's called. It's over right next to a big, huge water tower that says Minot on it. So I was able to leisurely walk over to the meeting and um, introduce myself to some people there. And uh, that was the the noon meeting, which I really enjoy a lot. So I got that that in and uh, I've been here ever since. That was uh, like four and a half years ago, uh, late March or early April, almost five years. And I've been here ever since. And uh, two of the meeting places are one down the hill, basically, and uh, this is called the 500 Club. And the awesome thing about this place is they let you smoke inside. <laughs> That's right. Crazy thing is in San Diego or other cities, you're going to have like two or three different places where you can actually go inside and smoke. Like, uh, what is it, Liberty Tobacco, I think, or, or um, come on, what is that place called? Uh, that tobacco place on Claremont Mesa Boulevard. I can't even think of it now. Um, you can smoke inside. Yeah, that's great. San Diego, which is like 70 degrees all year round, they've got places you can smoke inside. Now that I've made that clear, 
You move to Minot, North Dakota, or several places in North Dakota, you can't smoke inside anywhere. I mean anywhere, except for this AA meeting place, which was inside a private, big, huge, uh, looks like a house kind of uh, storage place uh, where they allow you to smoke cigars and cigarettes. And that was nice. So I got my feet wet in that building for a little while and um, started working at this rock station that I'm still at all by myself. That's always the scary thing when you're, I mean, when I got hired, um, I was told, hey, yeah, it's just going to be you. <laughs> you don't have anybody to feed off of. You don't have any sidekicks or anything. It's just you. And so that was a little bit of pressure. And I guess I was looking forward to it when I moved out here, but I had no clue what I was going to do. Or I knew I was going to keep my, my own personality, uh, which is, I guess you could say, quirky. How would you describe a bromo? That's pretty hard to do. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, you know, I slowly started to adapt to this town of about 45,000 people. Fargo is about 160, I believe. So I go from San Diego, never having seen snow or been in it, to Fargo, been there for a whole year, and then to Minot, North Dakota, where I'm at presently. Um, uh, and, uh, going to as many meetings as I can that I can fit in probably once or twice a week. Also, uh, I lately, in the last year and a half, I've been going to a meeting on Thursday night at a church uh, three about two or three miles down from where I live at a Mormon church, an LDS church. And uh, we were uh, really working with people who have problems with just flat-out addiction, whether it's sex or eating too much or any kind of addiction that needs to be looked at. And I liked it because I still like it because it incorporates many things. One, my higher higher power, which is God. Um, we were able to obviously uh, talk more about that, plus the 12 steps, which we go over each step every week. So uh, that's Thursday nights. I enjoy that a lot. And um, a friend of mine just, uh, you know, four months ago, I think, suggested that I start out a group page called There Is A Way Out, the name of my podcast. I didn't know what I was doing when I first set it up. Um, I went on Facebook and um, didn't even know how to open up a group page, but it was fairly easy. And my friend was the one that's responsible for this whole thing. She came up with the idea, which is a, which is awesome, and I love it. And I'm, I got to tell you, <clears throat> for the last three and a half months or so that it's been out, I think now we have about 630 members. I never thought it would grow to this extent. I never thought that uh, people uh, would share as much as they do. And and you know what? I'm beyond, I'm through the roof happy that people do. I mean, I try to. I don't really, I don't have anything to hide back really, but I try to share as much as possible. And so do others in their own, in their own way, their own personality. And, and when it comes to AA and when it comes to people's programs, anybody that's been sober for a while knows that for some people, some things might work. For others, no, nah, it's not going to work for them. For some people, they might be a little bit harsh. For some people, laid back as laid back can be, you know? And that's just the way uh, even sponsors can be. 
I was told from the beginning, you got to get a sponsor that is hardcore. So I tried that for a little bit and I didn't like my sponsor's abrupt attitude. And that was probably mostly my fault for trying to, you know, continue on with my free will over my sponsor trying, trying to tell me this or trying to tell me that. I also don't think, in my opinion, <clears throat> that you need to make it as cold uh, as possible by telling someone, quote, I'm not going to be your friend, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to be your buddy, such and such. I am your sponsor, and uh, you will be doing the things that I tell you to do, blah, 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 blah. Kind of almost like um, giving out directions if you were in the Marines or something. And I'm not making fun of the Marines at all. I'm just saying that um, uh, in my opinion, in my view, you don't need to have a sponsor that comes across as harsh and, and regulated as some that do. And some of them say, hey, listen, I am old time, old school. That's how my sponsor treated me and uh, yelled at me and this and that. And you know what? It's hard enough as it is just to go in and uh, explore AA and and try it out in the first couple of weeks, first couple of months. And it's even harder when you have someone that that is almost uh, testing testing you and making you feel like you're not worthy. <clears throat> and I've come across some of those, and I've seen some of those, the way some sponsors yell at others, the way they treat them like others, and I am not for that at all. On the, on the other hand, you might call me way too soft. Uh, you might say that, um, what's the right word? You know how sometimes people have to be tough love? And I'll explain that to you, to some people who don't know what that is. Tough love is like, for instance, a family that's been dealing with an alcoholic or an addict, and they've been letting that person get by so many different ways, uh, maybe being lied to over and over and over again, maybe being cheated on, being uh, having stuff stolen from them, and letting them get away with it and, and uh, just putting up with them and not having any kind of tough love. Tough love, for example, we heard when Josh talked a couple of podcasts ago when he said that he was not allowed to go home from his mom. And he knew, he knew, he knew that his mom was giving him the right, right decision to not come by based on her experience with Josh. And he accepted it. And, and, and tough love is not easy to accept. I I I don't I don't really think I've had that experience with any of my relatives. However, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. <clears throat> However, when I was just starting to stay sober and my my free will was running crazy and wanting this and wanting that, and thinking that I was extra 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 special because I was staying sober. Um, my sister didn't want any, any part of it. And I don't blame her because I had lied to her a trillion times before. I had disappointed her so many times before. My sister is a member of our There Is A Way Out group page. And she's told me that, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes to read others' opinions and to read others' comments without getting involved because it brings back a lot of memories between my sister and I in, in the really dark days. And, you know, she actually brought up a good point, my sister did. Uh, we as alcoholics, addicts, uh, whatever, sometimes feel that uh, when we try to get our life back together and we try to do what 
what slash most people do on a regular basis as far as staying sober and not uh, drinking every single day and not hurting people. Normies, people that are normies, we amplify it so much that the world is all about us. And, and in a way, it's okay because we're, we are recovering and we are trying to give ourselves a break. But on the other hand, for the family members and loved ones, friends, what have you, that have been dealing with disappointment and hurt and pain the whole time, and then all of a sudden they want it turned around to give them all the attention on, on them healing and getting better. Well, there's got to be a fine line there. And there's got to be a point where you can, um, like some people would say, you can pamper that person into not drinking or pamper that person into, hey, you're doing a great job and such. But also letting that person know you got to keep your distance until that person can gain back your trust. And that's what happened with my sister and I. Um, I I'm going to have my sister on one of these podcasts if she'll go on. I think she told me a long time ago she didn't think that it was going. She, she thought it was going to take a long, long time for her to see any kind of um, any kind of improvement with me. And that's probably what it it probably did. I mean, it seemed so long ago, yet it seemed just like yesterday. So to clear up some of the things that my sister's feeling, she completely. Um, is is a hundred percent feeling the right way that a lot of people feel as far as you know being cautious still with others that are in the program and what they read about others. Now, for the people like us that are a recovering alcoholic, not recovered, and doing it day by day, um, how many years it is and such, we see comments from people that are brand new to the group page, brand new to listening to the podcast, and they are trying to stay sober. And they may fail from time to time. And 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 I used to say it's part of the process, but some people don't like that term. They they you know what it's almost like? It's almost like giving someone a free reign to go out Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And uh, drink again to relapse again. Ah, there's your excuse. It's part of the process. Go out and relapse. You're going to do it time to time to time. Relapse, relapse, relapse. Well, you know, some people don't have that in them. They can't relapse that much more before we don't hear from them anymore or, or they die. And that's as real as it can get. You've heard me say in some of my podcasts before of past people that I've known that have relapsed and they don't get another second chance. And that's tragic. So uh, real quick about the group page. I had made a couple comments about some stupid sweatshirt that some people thought was fascinating that came out showing a cartoon Santa Claus uh, sitting down on a table with three long cocaine-like lines in front of him and the caption of the sweatshirt said, let it snow. And one of the stores tried to carry it for a little bit. And thank goodness they stopped it because so many people were irate about it. But 
uh, one of the main, main uh, people you go online to buy stuff, I won't mention their name, is like one of their best sellers. And what kind of mo... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, I posted about a week ago on There Is A Way Out, our group page, about my feelings. And I went off and badgering this company and saying how um, unbelievably stupid that their message was and how how uh, ridiculous and how that sweatshirt makes no sense at all. But then about an hour later, you know what? I, I looked at my message and I felt like, dude, you don't need to stand on a podium. You know, as nice as everybody really is um, that I come across, nobody want, nobody really needs to hear what you have to say. So I took that off and I decided from now on, everything that I try and post is going to be positive. And I'm not a saint, but but on our group page, I, I, I would hope that we could keep it as positive as we can possibly can. <clears throat> Even for those that think that uh, some people might be, um, you know, kind of kind of uh, over their head when they're trying to swim and uh, they're they're stating that they want to do this and they want to do that and they fail. Uh, that sometimes annoys people when they read about someone failing like that over and over again. Uh, and I understand that too. I understand that too. But we've had circumstances where someone might have made a comment on what they were thinking about somebody's attempted sobriety and, and made a harsh comment, which triggered off uh, other group members to fire that person. Uh, private messages telling that person what an a-hole they, they were for saying that. And to that person's credit, that person came out not long after the comment that that person made and, and apologized and said, hey, you know what? I used the wrong words there. I was just, uh, what I meant was this. So, underlining again, <laughs> after dragging this out so long, I love our group page, There Is A Way Out, and I want it to be as positive as possible, and I want anyone to feel that they can uh, be in that group safe and be able to express their feelings. I really do. I, I, like I said before, this is the first time I've ever been uh, a so-called administrator of a group page on Facebook. And it's already got, like I said, 630-something members. And every member I'm grateful for because every member has uh, maybe a different point of view and such. I don't want to drag this uh, this segment uh, much further, but I wanted to be able to finally address what my sister had brought up to me a while ago. <clears throat> and she's right. I've been spending all this time with my story and other people that I've been fascinated with have come on and told their story. But, um, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time really thanking the people, the people that I haven't brought them up yet. Uh, my old roommates, one in particular that was with me in Mission Beach that saw the demise and saw my downhill spiral. And when I left, uh, I left so abruptly that I probably left everything in chaos. My stepbrother, my stepbrother who um, under words of text messages from my sister, and I think maybe she called my, my stepbrother and said, hey, can, I'm really worried about my brother. 
because he's he's shut down. He's not answering his phone. He's he's not replying to my text messages. And you know they all know the red signs, the red flags uh, of not you know replying back when they're trying to get a hold of us. So my sister reached out. My stepbrother there he was. He came all the way across town, and he came to my duplex, a big old huge three story condo. Couldn't get in, uh, but he flagged down a police officer. Now, that police officer, which I would love to have this person's name, and if anybody, maybe my stepbrother or anybody wants to do some detective work on this, I would love to get a hold of that police officer and thank this person because what he did was he standed on his car, I believe, so he can reach the the balcony on the top floor, and he uh, climbed up there and opened up the sliding glass door, came all the way upstairs, um, let the paramedics in, and opened the door to a sea of empty um, medicine bottles, which they at the time thought that I was trying to commit suicide. But what what it was was they were empty uh, blood pressure pills um, bottles that were not renewed because I was too lazy. And I just uh, – I in order to renew them, I think I had to go back to a doctor to get another exam, and I didn't want to go through all that. So – they assume that I was trying to commit suicide, and next thing I know, I'm on a gurney, and I'm being put into the – and you know the rest. If I if I could get a hold of that police officer, um, I need to thank that person for saving my life. Also, some of the people that I hurt so much, um, some of the people that I lied to so much, uh, I, 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 I'm hoping that I remembered everybody. Um, you know, this is just one of the things that we try and do. A little later on, when we're more stable and we're on our feet. And uh, the main reason for this podcast is this, that I hope everybody who listens to these segments gets something out of it. Um, I'll always repeat this over and over again. I am not an expert. I've got some friends, um, my best friend, who can basically um, almost memorize everything in the 12-step, you know, in the, in the book, uh, and, uh, you know, run his program exactly the way it should be. And every, like I said, everybody's different. But I hope that my segments and, and some of the people that I talk to can actually just give someone out there some sort of glimpse of hope uh, if they are reeling in and their life is spinning out of control. Because in, in, in anyone that's gone through it, or of going through it now can relate to there's nothing worse when your life is out of control. And I mean your health for one thing. And I mean not taking care of your bills and, and owing money and your phone ringing because people are looking for you to collect money. And uh, your rent is due and you already spent almost all of it on this and that and blowing it on this and that. And all the booze is part of this and that, if not 95% of this and that. It's a lifestyle that I ran for years, and I don't know how I did it. I really don't. Um, the, we say over and over again the rewards of sobriety are uncountable. I don't mean to make that so dramatic, but I, I put, put it this way, and it's true. And I'll try to end with this because <laughs> I talk so much. Um, the rewards of sobriety come at me almost every single day. Actually, they do come at me every day when I wake up sober. But 
I come up with different rewards every single day that I never thought even possible. And that's all because of staying sober. And once again, we are just, when we try to stay sober, we're doing what millions and millions of people do on a natural every single day uh, process. I remember having a teacher once tell us uh, when we are trying to stay sober and we're living each day and we get into the nighttime and go to bed sober, you know, we think, hey, you know, we deserve all this. We deserve all that. But really, we haven't done anything special. <laughs> we haven't. We've just just stayed sober like a normal human being does. And that's one of the hardest things to get used to. And I've accepted a long time ago, I'm not a normal human being. I'm not. I'm an alcoholic. And man, did that used to just, just uh, when I said it, it would echo through my brain, ashamed when I would say it to people. Even at meetings, when I stood up and said that, it it just, it didn't settle in with me. And that was a long time ago, of course. Now it's, I've got no problem with it. Anyone that wants to come up to me and ask me questions or ask me what I do or if I can listen to them, I've got no problem. <clears throat> so please, for anybody in, in our group page, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not a member, um, all you have to do is go to Facebook and type in there is a way out under group page and send me an invite and you're in. I mean, it's that I haven't had to bar anybody or ban anybody. Um, actually, I think I did one person because this one person went a little haywire and started going off on their own tangents, tangents about something that wasn't even pertaining addiction or sobriety or like that. And that's going to happen from time to time. But anybody is welcome. Anybody is welcome. And for those of you that are listening to this from advice of someone else and 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 listening to me um if you or or anyone you know or, who are genuinely suffering or have any questions or are sitting on the fence or think you know what maybe I do drink too much and and there is a way out and just by listening to this podcast um I hope that I can give some people back. Uh, someone told me the other day, hey, if you can do it, I can do it. That's great. That, in my mind, if anybody um, can say that after knowing my personality and character for the longest time, if that works for anybody, I'm all about it. I mean, if I can do it, anybody could do it. But I got to underline this. If I can do it, which means I got to really, really concentrate on every single day not to let my guard down and drop which uh, people that have relapsed before know how easy it is to relapse. It's as easy as this. You know, you can get out of a meeting. Maybe you got a token. Maybe you gave somebody a token. Maybe you're eight years sober. Maybe you're eight months sober. Maybe you're 18. And you've just done something really great for yourself or someone else. And you're feeling pretty good. And you go home or you go somewhere where someone says... Um, you know, for me, someone says, hey, do you want an O'Doul's? O'Doul's, which is non-alcoholic, but I think there's a tiny percent of booze in there. If somebody were to say that to me and, and send me over an O'Doul's and I picked it up and drank it, that would be a warning sign. And that, for me, would be my first baby steps into relapse. I've done it before. And I know how my mind works. I know it. I know it. Relapse is is pure hell. And when you're in it, 
you, everything swirls back how bad it was before tenfold because you know you're going to be in for one hell, one hell of an awful dungeon uh, lifestyle for the next two or three or three weeks or for a month if you keep living. For me, I don't have another relapse of me. And once again, I'm not trying to be dramatic. So anyway, to wrap this up, if anyone knows of anybody, either yourself or your family members that are going through it and that are having doubts about their confidence or about if they drink too much, there is a way out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.